We have been out killing each other. You're with fun locking the door. So we're winning here. Today's episode, I think, is an important episode. Is this the hooker episode? This is not the hooker episode. But we're going to ask if we can use Bitcoin to pay for escorts. So that's a thing. That might be a thing. Um, but what this episode really is, and Jason said it when we were having having a conversation earlier, and our, and our guest today is Jason Brown. Um, I don't use the word guru lightly, so I'm going to throw this at him. He's a humble fella. He's not going to probably embrace the guru, but for this episode of uh, Big Boy Voices, he is our cryptocurrency guru. Let's tell everybody how to become millionaires. That's You want to become a millionaire tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Goldfarb, you you understand crypto probably better than... Uh, yeah, I've dabbled in it for the last 10 years, but I just wish I would have listened. I have a buddy that invested 10 years ago in Bitcoin at the $20, $30 world, and he's still holding like 30 coins or something like that. So, so he's, a, he's doing all right. So <laughs> let's treat this, and Jason said it earlier, let's treat this like a casual conversation, like we're having a couple beers at a bar and uh, take it from there. So here we are, episode nine of Big Boy Voices. You're playing with the big boys now. When I'm listening to them, I'm laughing the whole time. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? Oh, you're a big boy. You'll figure it out. Don't talk to me like I'm a child. Boys, you must strive to find your own voice. Because the longer you wait to begin, the less likely you are to find it at all. Thoreau said most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Don't be resigned to that. Break out. You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants. I can say big loud things. I can be demonstrative. This is how you conduct yourself in a democracy. I'm a big boy. Big boy voices. You are listening to big boy voices. Big boy voices. All right, all right, all right. So we put the call out to be educated, educated on crypto, and here we are. Mr. Jason Brown, welcome to Big Boy Voices. What's welcome, up, Welcome, Jay Brown. What's up, guys? I'm excited to be here. That was a cool little plug you had right there. You like that? You like the-, the We're the professional. Jewish, that's, we pretend to be professional. So hey, we, that's where it all begins, so. That's it. Up. Fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> so we were talking crypto and kind of putting out there on the planet- um, that we were looking for, you know, the guy to talk crypto, you know, to understand, to wrap our heads around it. And Kobe said, hey, Jason Brown. And then a couple other people like, aren't you talking to Jason Brown? And, you know, Kobe made the intro and boom, here we are. It's a beautiful Wednesday in New Jersey. You're in hot Atlanta right now, it's living Atlanta, it. But he's a Jersey boy. He's still a Jersey boy. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. Take him out of the city, but you can't take the city out, uh, out of him, you know? You know fact, factual statement. If we were uh, eating some uh, Chevola Veal Parm, he'd be drooling right now. Bruh, don't don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, what I'd like to do before we kind of really dive deep and unpack crypto is really let the audience know, you know, Jason Brown, who you are, who you are, how you started, why crypto, where'd you, how'd you end up on this journey? This journey this, being our podcast, maybe? No, not it. This is this is good. It's like five five questions. I like it. So, um, you know, I'm. I'm Honestly, just the the normal average guy. I grew up in Jersey, spent the first uh, 20, 25 years. Yeah, 25 years of my life in Jersey. Um, you know, born and raised pretty much the, the you know, American dream. Uh, parents worked hard, stayed together, you know, fought through, uh, you know, three to, two to three jobs each. So I was just raised around hard work ethic and, uh, you know, was working at supermarket, fast food, pizza, and then in college, uh, my roommate actually worked at Chef Ola. 
And he said, hey, man, when I leave, I'm going to have you take my job. And I didn't know what Chef Ola was. Nice restaurant, Atlantic City. And uh, one day he came home. He's like, oh, I waited on Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So I ended up going to work there. And actually, that's where I met Kobe, the man, the myth, the legend. So, uh, yeah, everything for me really started off, I would say, like my, you know, professional career. Well, I guess in the beginning, it was probably a little unprofessional. I partied a lot. And I, I, I did, you know, Atlantic City nightlife pretty hard uh, while I was at Chef Ola. But um, actually, because of Kobe, I always tell people this, you know, I've traveled the world now, told my story in 45 countries and, and you know, helped a lot of people. But I always tell people uh, about Kobe because Kobe, when I was a waiter at Chef Ola, Kobe saw more in me than I, that I even knew was capable. And he taught me how to network. Kobe, you probably remember this, but you definitely remember this. Kobe's like, I'm picking you up, get business cards, we're going. And he just drove me around Atlantic City and taught me how to network and the value of networking. And so from there, everything just kind of, you know, uh, picked up one thing after the other. I ended up um, having some some disputes with uh, the nightclub that I was working with. And I went to go pursue direct sales. And that's what kicked off my entrepreneur journey in 2013. But it wasn't, you know, all uh, it wasn't all smooth, smooth runnings for the first two years. I honestly, I struggled. I barely made any money. Um, you know, I was doing personal development, growing. Uh, there, there were times people. when we talked and you wanted to come home. Oh, dude, I, it was rough, bro. I, there was about two years where like it was so bad because I didn't want to go back. I had an ego, too. So I like wanted to prove myself Uh in <laughs> to a bunch of people who really didn't care about me. So that's ridiculous. But hindsight 2020, I wanted to prove what I could do. And so I ended up, you know, just kind of keeping in the entrepreneurial path, not giving up, but trying to figure out how to make things work financially. So I had to move back in with my parents, uh, the house I grew up in uh, a little bit North Ocean County. Um, and I was actually delivering pizza, Chinese food, sushi, flowers, all through like South Jersey, Maze Landing, you know, uh, EHT, EHC, all over. I was just delivering like six, seven days a week, running for trying to figure out how to make money in, and be an entrepreneur full time. Um, and that's when I found trading. So uh, I can get deeper into that. I don't know if you guys want me to segue directly into that, but it was the summer of 2015 that in my lowest point, I was 70 grand in debt. I had literally maxed out every credit card, like barely any income back in with mom and dad. And uh, that's when I got introduced to trading and- uh, Trading specific crypto, right? Or in general, look as a bubble. That was was in general. It was actually, what I first got introduced to was uh, foreign exchange. But then like two months later, um, there was a guy that I had met. Well, I was networking with people on Facebook. And one of the guys that I connected with, because at the time I was doing stuff with health and wellness products, he was in Nigeria. And he's the one who actually put me on to crypto. He was sending me video. He was trying to recruit me to something. Um, but but he was sending me like videos on blockchain and Bitcoin for like five months. And I literally didn't even watch a single video. And that was that was in 2015. But I started trading first in the foreign exchange market. So just currency. And then you discovered now when we talked pre-show, you said you've been into this game, crypto game for five years now. Yep. And so that's essentially starting with Bitcoin. Because what's Bitcoin? Eleven years old? Eleven? Yeah, eleven, right? You're asking yeah, me. So 
Bitcoin, Bitcoin, actually, the first transaction was 2009. So, yeah, so we're coming. I mean, it's really like approaching year 12, the 12th full year. But so simultaneously, as I got introduced to the world of foreign exchange, I this guy from Nigeria was introducing me to crypto and I thought it was sketchy, you know, it, it, like it didn't really make sense to me. Like he's showing me videos about blockchain and I'm like, dude, I just don't, it and didn't make that, sense. That's how I feel now. So. Yeah. That's, that's Kobe right now. Well, that's, that's, I mean, it's crazy because there's such a, it's still early, you know, people ask me like, and we'll get into this, but people have asked me like, is it too late? You know, Bitcoin's 50 K hit 52 today. Like, is it too late? And it's too early. It's at 52 K and like 97% of the world's population doesn't even understand it. That's a good, that's a good thing. And we'll get into like the trajectory of it, but that's what really, it was simultaneous. I got introduced to trading and crypto around the same time. But in February, 2016, that guy from Nigeria, Roland, his name was, he actually sent me my first Bitcoin transaction, February 24th, because I didn't do it. He was like, dude, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to make you do it. Thank God. And uh, in June, I actually started buying crypto in June 2016. So we're, we're in year five now uh, that I've been in, in the crypto game. So let's talk, you know, and you travel all over the planet now, informing people, giving them the 411 kind of on all things crypto from, you know, start to finish. Like, I would say treat Kobe and I like we're in second grade, right? If you've got to bust out crayons to explain blockchain and kind of all the moving parts, because we've got questions. We've got questions about, you know, the blockchain, the security of the blockchain, um, you know, why one crypto is worth more than another, why, you know, the utility that cryptos are used for. I mean, there's, so the, you're probably, your natural, your natural, um, yeah, it's just a class. I tried, right? and yeah. uh, it, it, I tried to explain it to Kobe. It wasn't working so well. But uh, I, was, I mean, the tax ramification. Like, I just have so. Well, many I think questions. that's different from big, that, from the crypto. That's a that's a cause of cryptocurrency. I guess making your money is the tax piece. But you know, let's unpack the actual cryptocurrency first, right? Yeah, we can go. We can go deep. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything, but we can go deep because. This is what I do. So you know more than uh, us. So let's go. <laughs> this is amazing, and I'm telling you guys, I'm I'm so grateful. Before we get into it, I just want to say that I'm I'm grateful. Uh, obviously, my friendship with Kobe is Kobe is is, geez, 10, 10 plus years at this point. So, um, you know, Kobe's Kobe's a great friend and, and a mentor and all that. But I'm grateful to be here because a lot of people are missing out on something that is undeniably changing the game. And uh, I think we're this. This is a big impact conversation um, that we're having. So I appreciate you guys for doing this. Because I think we, we do have a worldwide audience. We, we got people in Australia, Australia, and France. And France. We'll take it. Yeah, people are yeah, saying this. that crypto is like the uh, beginning of the internet. This is like the the time now where it's like people like Kobe and John that don't totally understand it. This is where the future of of currency is going in general. Even. Maybe from a federal level that there's going to be, you know, digital uh, federal currency as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, the writing's on the wall. And so, for I think to to first start to break everything down um, is understanding that behind everything, the most important part of what so Satoshi Nakamoto was the creator of Bitcoin, unanimous, right? This is an alias. Nobody, nobody really knows. And it's surprising because after you know. 12 years, it started 11 years ago, but the, the development was 2008. 
it, it's very impressive. So that's like 12 going on 13. It's impressive that even the best hackers, some of the most genius tech computer people are involved in this space. And there, I mean, maybe few people know, but it's not, there's nowhere to be found of who it is. There's not even really close speculation, but there's a guy who started it. And the whole idea was to create um, a solution for the people, right? To create a monetary system that was governed by its own supply and demand parameters. And if you look at blockchain, the most important part of crypto, because right now there's close to 9,000 coins, right? So if you go to coinmarketcap.com, you'll see um, a list of, you know, the coins and where they rank in market cap, meaning how much money has been put into that specific coin. But what really is one common denominator for every single coin and technology is blockchain. And blockchain is, is essentially just a list of records, which they call blocks. So a chain of blocks and each block has its own hash, right? So you've probably seen the crazy Bitcoin wallet address, the, you know, lowercase W three capital L, you know, it's like usually 20 something characters that's called a hash. And each block has that identity, right? And so it's so many characters because every single transaction is creating a different key. Okay. Yeah. So good. So the way I was trying to explain it to Kobe is that like, pretty much like a permanent ledger where the people control it instead of a central bank the people each computer is processing this information and making sure that all of the every record there there can't be more bitcoins than they say because there's records of every single thing and where it goes and who it went to and when so it's it's self-governing currency essentially yeah. The block, so you're you're exactly on point, Jay. The the blockchain is what essentially the blockchain is the the government, right? No, uh, the governing, not the government, the governing piece to it. Because if you think about the role of the gov, this is the easiest way to lay it out for everybody to understand. So if you think about the role in the government, right? The role of the government is for accountability. Same role as the police, the military, right? It's accountability between you know <laughs> uh, ethic and unethic. And everything, right? So the governing piece to cryptocurrency is blockchain because every single transaction, we're going to get into Bitcoin in a second, but blockchain is more important to understand first. Every single transaction is recorded and it cannot be changed. So if I make a transaction of $5 to Kobe, right? That transaction will show the address that it came from, and the address that it went to, and it can never be changed. It can never be manipulated. So although every movement of every, you know, uh, Satoshi, they call it. So a Satoshi, the definition of a Satoshi is the, you know, the decimals of a Bitcoin, right? So you have one full Bitcoin and then you have the Satoshi. Every single transaction is recorded on the block, which is basically just your, it's your ledger, right? So that's important to know because, um, there's no alteration. There's no manipulation. There's no, all right, now, now we'll get into the next piece to this. Okay. So now going into Bitcoin, Bitcoin is king. And it's very important for people to, and th this has been the biggest thing that I've been drilling of why Bitcoin is raising in price, why it's not a bubble and why it's still not too late. Because I think people could look and go, Whoa, 51,000. Like, dude, I missed that training. It's not about that. So there will only ever be 
21 million Bitcoin created. So if you're listening to this, the best thing to do would probably be to just grab a piece of paper so you can actually write this stuff down for the visual aspect of what I'm about to break down to you. So there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. When it started, it was a block, okay? Like a virtual block. And all of this Bitcoin is there. And in order to get the Bitcoin off the block, you need to mine it. Now, when it started, the reward for mining um, was, I believe, $50. When it's uh, 50 Bitcoin was the original mining reward. And then what the creator basically said, look, every four years, I'm going to cut that reward in half. So it went from 50 to 25, 12, 5, 6, 2, 5, you know, et cetera, 3.125. So every four years, the reward cuts in half, which means less and less new Bitcoin will enter the market. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember I remember when I had friends like 10 years ago that were actually mining Bitcoin on like simple computers because there wasn't a big demand for it. And then as it's gotten more popular, if you don't have, you know, warehouses full of computers now to solve all the equations to, to mine the Bitcoin, it, it's impossible. I mean, if you see there's like documentaries on Vice and stuff, there's literally warehouses that are like miles long, just filled with computers that are just constantly figuring out all this mathematical equations to mine the Bitcoin. So yeah. here's a legitimate question. Um, if there's only 21 million Bitcoin, are people, they can't, they can no longer mine it, correct? So, so the mining started at 50 and it, it's cut in half every four years. The mining will end, I believe, I believe it's 2038 is when the last mining uh, it will take place. So actually, no, sorry. The last block will be mined. I just looked it up, 2,140. So it's about a 132 year process, but the amount is dropping you know, drastically. And yeah, right you, now- You gotta use more energy to get less Bitcoins out. But right. actually, here's so a good question. Big companies can afford it right now. And if you look at like the, the people who are mining, it's just a few big- companies like Gemini, the, the Winklevoss twins from Facebook and, and uh, social, what was that called? Social, social network. network. Yep. Yeah. The, the Winklevoss twins, they own Gemini. They're huge players in the crypto game and they are, I mean, it's dude, to mine right now. It's like, to your point, it's institutions and they're doing it in like Greenland and Iceland where the price of energy is the lowest and there's obviously less uh, regulation. So I actually have a question to that regard so what do you think happens though to bitcoin when there's no more there's not the incentive to mine anymore how do the transactions get processed if there's no longer you know the the mining aspect which processes the transactions so i think regardless once the bitcoin once the bitcoin mining of new coin is over i still believe that there'll be probably some there'll be some type of innovation to answer that question because there's a reward for, you know, they approve these transactions, right? So I still think that there will be some type of a monetary system for people to mine. And basically what we say by there's two definitions of mining. It's like pulling the new coin and then verifying the transactions because yep. transactions verified. Um, Probably like another fork since there's been all, like all these different forks, like the, you know, again, you guys are new to the crypto world, but Bitcoin started, then there was Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Gold, there are all these different forks off of the original Bitcoin, which gave you certain amount of rewards if you were initially in those 
positions, right? Like if you were initially in Bitcoin before those forks existed, you got a piece of those. I just know that because you I, lost Kobe. Kobe's I know. I know. Kobe's going to be lost. You went I, too I are, far down a rabbit hole off Jason's initial conversation. So you're probably in a different stage of Jason's conversation, <laughs> and you fucked Kobe. Yeah, you literally I, fucked Kobe. I feel like being Jason, I, me and J- Jason obviously knows a lot more than me, but I've just been around so many crypto people that were in it from the beginning that I have a pretty deep basic understanding if that makes any sense okay, i have a so deep basic understanding if you're Go basic ahead. what am i i don't let's know bring it, like, let's like, bring it back bring yeah. it dumb it down dumb it down let's bring it back okay so so without going because we can go deep um <laughs> just to, just to answer that question though there every bitcoin this is the simple way to look at it every bitcoin transaction has a fee attached to it so people will still mine and capitalize on those transactions so like a credit card fee there's there's fees that get paid to the people that do the transactions right so if i send kobe bitcoin maybe the fee is a couple bucks you know whatever it's a small percentage but that will they're always going to be mining the transactions because it's just going to be yeah it's like merchant processing so the, guys, here's what's let's to just to bring it back to the common understanding. This is why Bitcoin is king. Okay, so you've got 21 million ever. Now it's speculated, and I'll use this because I always say approximate that four to five million Bitcoin are missing. Right, people send it to the wrong address, lost their passwords. I mean, we've heard horror stories. There was a a drug dealer who left a password in a hotel room he was using as a like a, a like a spot, right? One of his spots, and they cleaned it and they lost the password. He had six thousand Bitcoin, which is over two hundred million dollars now, three hundred million. So there's there's stories like that where Bitcoin are gone. Right. Once there, if once you send a transaction, there's no administrator. It's just like my Bitcoin and I can do what I want with it. Kobe's Bitcoin, you do what you want with it. It just sits in that wallet. And if nobody owns that wallet or it's a dead space or the password's gone, it's over. So 21 million, let's say it's four because I think it's probably closer to five. But just for the sake of this exercise, let's say it's four million or missing. That puts us at 17. 2.3 million roughly are left to be mined. So that puts us somewhere around 14.7 million Bitcoin, full Bitcoin for the world to divide. Now, Bitcoin is a global market. And so I did research and in December of 2020, I haven't looked for an updated report, but in December of 2020, there was reported 46.8 million asset rich millionaires in the world. Okay, so this is, you know, if you own a a million dollars, you might have no cash, but you might own a million dollar home, you fall into this category. So 46.8 million, and there's 14.7 million Bitcoin in the world, and there won't ever be more, which means that there's less than a third of a Bitcoin available if every millionaire wanted one. Guys, right now, a third of a Bitcoin is 16 grand, no less, 15 and change. So if if you really think about why Bitcoin is so significant. It's the use cases are there, right? It's peer-to-peer transaction. It's uh, Bitcoin is a monetary uh, global currency, but because of 5G network, Bitcoin transactions have gotten faster. And a couple of years ago, the biggest challenge to Bitcoin from experts, banks, you know, even other, like compared to other blockchain technologies like Ethereum, Ripple, is the argument was that 
If I send Bitcoin to John, you might not get that Bitcoin depending on the time of day. You might not get that Bitcoin for 45 minutes, an hour, two hours. Today, the transactions are ridiculously fast. So the argument a couple of years ago was that Ethereum might pass Bitcoin because Ethereum transactions verified faster. Some coins verify instantly, like a ripple, right? So they're, they're pretty instant. Like I transfer coins and dude, ripple, by the time I press my button here, it's, it's here. It's very fast. But because of the 5G network, Bitcoin has sped up and the transactions are like so two to three minutes. Let me ask a question, actually. So getting to Ethereum, since you brought it up, a lot of the people in my world seem to think, even though Bitcoin is king, that Ethereum has a lot more usage because of the smart contracts and all the different um, coins DeFi. that are that are being built on it. Speaking of DeFi, me and John... Uh, I'll say this is not our personal financial advice, but we both invested in a couple of DeFi platforms in the last couple of weeks. I've been personally in and out of it forever. I'm not like a diehard crypto guy, but I, I've been in and out of it. Um, we've invested, I, I think, in Polka Dot, I uh, invested in, yeah. and uh, Curve, uh, DAO. Do you know that one? It's, <clears throat> it's, it's in the top 100. It's, it's a. Uh, it's a DeFi related uh, crypto. Anyway, it was sixty yeah, cents. They, it's going. Something happened. Something happened with that, right? There was some type of a, a hacker exploit to that. Like, didn't then they get hacked the DAO network? They might have, but it's it's been popping off in the in the last. I know they all have, but it's been pop, like we got in in the dollar world, and it's it's it, yeah. It was at three seventy five. I think with some of the dumps now, it's maybe at two seventy five. Anyway, um, so. I, I follow enough to understand some of these aspects, but according to a lot of the crypto people I follow, they, they seem to think Ethereum, while might not be as valuable, is more useful than, than Bitcoin. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. I mean, you know, Ethereum is is really, it's, it's different than Bitcoin because Ethereum is really like the ultimate open use token. Uh, Bitcoin really just has one standard functionality, peer-to-peer -peer transaction. And it's more of like gold. It's more of like a store of value, I would say, Bitcoin. Exactly. It doesn't really have any real like usage in life, whereas Ethereum can be an actual used again, thing. You did it it's to about, him again. But you I, keep you. I, I we've got to get that. you to no, figure no, no, no. out a storyline no, and how we go I'm down just a telling path. Because you, you go off like we're driving car. We're on, but, we're on a bicycle. We're on a tandem bicycle and somebody's steering and then you go bloop, bloop, and the back you, of the bike cycle is going a whole other so different So it's two things. One, I don't think... This you, is it, Jason. This is what we do. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's two things I'm going cool. on here. I'm having fun already. Number one, I don't think there's gonna be today and i'm not saying this is not an insult to kobe i don't think there's gonna be a conversation that we're gonna have here that's gonna gonna get kobe to go in a hot i think it's gonna well, take no, but if you keep interrupting the, it's not about the interrupting. The direction no no and it's gonna be no, a thing no because you're also assuming that everyone that's listening to this doesn't know a thing about crypto which that's is purposeful gonna, uh, that's right purposeful. i'm gonna assume they don't but but, but you also 97 percent of the world does hold on yeah, but you, just all, said it. you also want to speak to people that have an understanding of and it and we'll get to it, them but well, that's why, as the conversations evolve, that doesn't evolve. You're running right towards it. You no, got I'm the not. Torch, and you're running right towards it. I got this one. That I got is, this one. And you're dropping names of things. No. That we're still on Bitcoin. We're still on Bitcoin being no. the king. He, 
That is not true. That's, what, that's no, what no, because he brought up Ethereum, which is the second largest. It's pretty much considered the silver to the gold of Bitcoin. It's the second one in command, and people are going to want to understand how these all these things integrate and evolve. There's not. There's no. Comp- we're going to get to that, right? We're going to get to how they integrate and evolve. Can, can I interject here? Pretend we're walking into one of your classes and we know shit, and start it up. That's how you explain so it. So we got crypto. So Bitcoin is king. Jason's, okay. so, Jason's leaving. <laughs> hey, good. hey, I'm just trying to see if there's a fourth seat at the table. I'm, I'm checking out. I have my real estate agent looking for New Jersey real estate. I'm moving back. I want to be number we, four. Listen, we, we, we have some good guests coming up you'll like. You, so, guys have, you guys have a lot of fun here. Hey, look, it, it's it, it's one, here's what it is. Listen, the crypto space is not a one hour. I'll, I'll just say this. We knew that. We knew that going crypto into space, it. It's not a one hour conversation. What we can do, and I'm totally down for this, is maybe you guys want to do some type of a crypto series. I've got some amazing guys who I work with who would love to come in. I've got some dudes that, you know, we we have a team. Okay. So one guy was like an early adopter. He's the best technical crypto trader I know. I'm just going to plug this because we can continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to cover a lot of great stuff today. But, you know, I've got one guy. He's literally, guy is one of the earliest adopters, very well known. His name is Picasso, big trader in the crypto space. He's a good friend of mine, mentor. He's amazing. Uh, my friend, Nick, he's like the ripple king. Then I have another guy who's like, this guy is literally, he's Yoda of crypto. He knows more than, and I mean, guys, this goes deep and things like smart contracts and all this technology that's evolving it's not just the banking industry or the monetary industry that's changing. Everything is changing. Um, and we'll get into that, but I mean, I'm talking about things like baseball cards, uh, records, CDs, music. Uh, there's a company called raised in space. It's uh scooter Braun. It's backed by ripple. This is just not a tangent, but just to, to give you to yeah, give no, everybody like tangents. the umbrella. Here's the umbrella. Crypto is, is here. And it's not going anywhere. The blockchain is the the uh, technology that backs crypto, and then each coin you can look at as a different company. Like when you look at the stock market, right? What does this company do? What does this company do? How many how many shares are available? Who's backing it? Who's the executive? Uh, what's their mission? You know, are they thieves? Are they scammers? So you are in the crypto space entering the world of stocks but for the average person where yeah, you it, don't need you know 20 grand to start leverage trading Th- that's what this is so there's a lot of white paper there's a lot of research you can do we could go down 40 different rabbit holes but i think the best conversation to start cuz i'll get on again and i can bring guys and you know plug you guys with tons of like i'm honestly some of the most amazing smart people in the crypto space and they'd love to do it i think the best way to look at it is this got to understand blockchain number one. All it is, simple layman's terms, real true accountability with no manipulation. Okay, so that's a peer-to-peer record, period. Now, the second thing is Bitcoin and why Bitcoin is really that number one asset. Look at Bitcoin as gold. It's the best way to look at it, right? It's very solid. Bitcoin is strong. It's getting better. There's a limited supply. And that's the one thing that makes it better than gold is because they keep finding more gold, right? So to me, Bitcoin would be closest to gold. And a lot of people call it that, but 
there's just one thing in life that drives everything. Think about the best cigars, the best cars, you know, the best everything in life. It's supply versus demand. And Bitcoin is number one right now because there's a limited supply and there's a real true use case. So moving on to like um, Ethereum, let's say, Ethereum right now has 114 million tokens. One of the fears with Ethereum is that, you know, there's a lot and, and that there's more coming in, but they're creating right now. Yeah, so to your point, Ethereum is, is amazing because Ethereum is kind of like, um, it's kind of like a Lamborghini as opposed to like a, a block of gold, right? If you take a brick of gold, it's just solid. It's just gold. That's really Bitcoin, right? It has its use. It's valuable, right? It'll always be valuable. But if you look at Ethereum, Ethereum's like an open vessel and it, it's been used and the blockchain technology has been used in a variation of different projects. And Ethereum's like the gasoline that fuels all these projects. So things like DeFi, things like EOS, smart contracts. Uh, buddies of mine are building an app. It's a social media app that basically it's TikTok that pays people through smart contracts. So you don't need secretaries. You don't need accounting teams. It literally calculates who's the winner, who gets the prize. It pays them out automatically. So this technology is automation smart contracts. They work. That's why they're called a the smart contract. They, they automate things. So what I tell people, the easiest understanding is that every coin solves a problem. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't really have a use case, right? So look at crypto as the solution to all the world's craziness over the next 10 to 15 years. We'll find out what are the best coins. I think a lot of it is still outside of Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of it is just speculation of yeah, cause, yeah. A lot, a lot of the new cryptos uh, from the research I've done is like a lot of the pricing and and is based on um, speculation of where they're going to go. They really haven't proven anything at this point. I was trying to tell John, and I'm not saying this to break John's balls, but like the Doge coin and all that stuff, like that's just hype. It doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't. It's it made an, me two grand. I'm that not saying you can't. Was served. <laughs> I, again, I'm not saying you can't in the short term make money off it. I'm just saying it's an unlimited supply. There's. It was made as a joke. There's really no. Uh, there's no use case even being sold for that. Well, so yeah, you can you can make a quick buck like a GameStop hype or something like that. But as far as like the ones that you want to hold that will actually serve a purpose. It's it's definitely not one of those. So they all have their own independent utility then, correct? Right. Every single one has their... All right. So every single one is created for a purpose. And so like the polka dot, like I brought up earlier, that's supposed to be like technically, like from what I understand, it's like an Ethereum killer, right? It's supposed to be like the next uh, platform that can be built upon to, to create its own things, correct? You're going to hear, uh, since 2015, I've heard Bitcoin killer, the yep. Chinese Bitcoin. You're going to hear that. Um, but there's there are, Polkadot is one of the leading coins. There's a lot of hype around it right now, mostly based off of price. Yep. Um, but to serve purpose of smart contracts, finance chains, decentralized finance, all those things, that's Really? So, yeah. So Kobe, I actually could, there was one that I invested in years ago. It turned out to be a piece of shit. But there was a, a crypto that was like almost like a Carfax, but a permanent Carfax, where every single aspect of the car, from its 
birthplace of where it came from to through every person, everything that you could track on a blockchain. So every single thing that it's ever done, you can track. So it's essentially you're buying into a company like a stock, but it's it's a deregulated stock that's on a blockchain. Blockchain, like you said earlier. Is right, that, and that's what scares me that it's so volatile. It, it's volatile just because right now, other than you know a few cryptos, there's just not enough market cap and it can be manipulated by money because whereas like me and me and 5000 of my richest friends couldn't manipulate apple just because there's so many shares there's so much money in it the market cap's so high you can't move the number but with crypto especially in the baby crypto stuff that's really more where it can be manipulated just because the market caps are so low and a bunch of people you could pump something and you can but as far as the big dogs probably the top I, Jason would know better than me. The top 20, 30, there's, the market caps are so high. They're in the billions that you and your richest friends or me and my richest friends, we couldn't move them because the, the numbers are so high. Yeah. Um, Quick question, just to piggyback off that. Um, do the user, can the users see my screen or are they just hearing the audio? No, it's just the audio. So this isn't live. This is going to be... Uh, right, no, yeah. it's recorded, but yeah. I didn't know if they, I didn't know if there was going to be a video component. Um, okay, so that, that doesn't matter. I'll give you the best visual. Um, one of the things that I, that I show people, so let's, let's get into this philosophy of what is crypto right now. I think crypto, crypto right now, the crypto world right now, there are some key uses. Um, for example, people are using Ethereum as gas for smart contracts and, you know, DeFi, et cetera, Bitcoin, peer-to-peer transactions. You can send money in seconds. Um, you know, but it's also an investment, really, it's an investment utility. Um, and then there's all these DeFi tokens like DAI and EOS and all these things that, you know, you can use, right? But, but for the most part, a lot of this, now we're up at, dude, guys, this is crazy. What I'm about to share with you is mind blowing. So if you look at, if you go to like a public charting software. Let's say you go to TradingView, right? TradingView.com allows you to look at, um, allows you to look at charts and you can do it. If you like choose what currency you want to look at, you can look at it for free, right? On certain timeframes, then you can pay for an upgraded account. But if you go to TradingView, okay. And you look at total. So if you type in, um, your symbol would be total and you're going to pull up, it's going to show you the total cryptocurrency market cap for the first 12 years. Okay. That, that crypto was in play. So from 2009, the first transaction till literally February 1st, 2021. Okay. Crypto, it took 12 years for it to reach a trillion dollar market cap, meaning all of it. People put in a tr- the whole thing. Every cryptocurrency at February, January 30th, 2021, had a trillion dollars in the market. Here's what's crazy. From February 1st, today is February 17th. So we're talking 16 days, 17 days. We are at 1.55 trillion. So what took us 12 years... We just did 55% of that in two weeks. Now, there's something that's happening in the crypto space right now. The first time, if you were to take a chart of Bitcoin, 
and you were to look at, this is what I do in my classes. So I pull out on a weekly time frame and I show you the entire lifespan of crypto. Okay. So you look at the whole 12 year picture and I draw a line down the middle. I draw a vertical and what I think is close to the middle. And I, I explained that crypto is really two stories, right? It's really like, um, you know, like, uh, what, what was it? Two-Face in, in uh, Batman or whatever. So it, it's really two sides, two different sides to the coin. The first half of crypto is uh, in the beginning, it's black market, human trafficking, sex trafficking, money laundering, scam, drugs, all that stuff, right? Then it starts to gain some steam in the trading space. People are making algorithms, they're mining it, it's growing, people are excited, it's word of mouth. Then when it went up in, in the end of 2017, right before it went up, there was this speculation that there was gonna be no taxes, right? So one of the things that everybody was talking about in that point, and this is almost when it transitions to the second half, but towards the end of 2017, the government said, we are going to transact. We are going to, we are going to document every single buy and sell. And we're going to make that a taxable transaction. And they said it and people panicked because they're like, wait a minute, I've made, like, I almost panicked, but I have a good accountant. And they were like, dude, relax. But they basically, the way that they said it was that they were going to, that they were going to tax every transaction, not your total gain, not what you've pulled out of the market but they're actually going to tax each and every buy and sell. And so people panicked and they started selling. And because price dropped from 19.5 down to 16 and then 14, people started thinking, oh my God, I got God. They got me. And people panicked and they sold and the market melted, right? What was then the low then? What was the low back then? It was like three grand or something, right? The previous low, the low after the high in the twenties, like, Oh, like so, so we went, we went in 2017. We didn't touch, we touched 20 on like one broker. We really touched high nineteens. Then we went down back to about three K. Yeah. I remember that surfaced out. That was in like early 2019. We, we, we found support around 3000. It went back up to about 13 crashed back down. And Funny enough, now the second half, okay, so we, we go in, in uh, summer 2019 for about a month, crypto was above 10K. Uh, it was two months, really, July and August. September, it dropped back below 10K. And then in February, right before COVID-19 lockdowns hit North America, Bitcoin touches 10K for about a week and then it tanks back. March 12th, it hits 3,900. Well, what I've been explaining to people that's important to know is that March 12th is when they started saying no big meetings. March 13th, they said, well, meetings of 50 people max. And by the 15th, 16th, we were in, you know, national, like by, the, by that week, whether it's the exact 16th, you guys get my point, 17, 18, 19, people are in the grocery stores, hoarding, zombie apocalypse, world's coming to an end. Bitcoin on the 12th drops, hits 3,900. And from that point, within literally just a few weeks, we're back at 10K 
And then we've been parabolic ever since. So there's two life cycles of Bitcoin. There's the fear, there's, there's the, the greed, the sketchiness, the scams, the fear, the regulation, the, the bubble talk, the media, panic, market crashes. Then you have a, a legit market cycle where now people are hearing about Bitcoin again. The belief is going up. Then it hits 20. But it didn't just hit 20. It destroyed 20 and it never went back. And then it destroyed 30 and it really didn't go back. And so this whole point of me explaining this, it's driven the total market cap now to 1.5 trillion and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down. Yeah. But I, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what's important before we move forward, what's important to know about this, this is the most important thing, is if you go on TradingView, you can search total, okay? But you can also search btc.d, which is Bitcoin market cap dominance by percentage. And it'll show you what percentage of the 1.55 trillion is Bitcoin. Right now, we're at 62.75%. So out of that 1.55 trillion... 62.75% is Bitcoin, 13.6% is Ethereum. The rest of the 70, uh, 20%, right? So 20, what do we got? 20, 25%, it's like what? 25%. Right, Three, 300 billion, something like that. Yeah, three fifteen divided by five. Yeah, it's like 300 billion is in the other coins. There's a major dominance between... Yeah, it's uh, 75%, sorry. So 75% is Bitcoin and Ethereum. So yeah, a quarter of it, 350K, whatever, 375K is in the other coins. I believe that what majority of people are doing, and if I, when you see a chart, it makes sense. I believe what a majority of these smaller coins are doing right now is just giving people a way to get in. They get a 10X, 20X, 30X return. And we'll talk about Dogecoin in a second. You get that crazy 10, 20, 30 X return, you cash out and where are you going to put it? See, most people are not dumb enough to go hit the roulette table, make a ton of money and then go to, go to, uh, craps or, or go to, you know, make a bunch of money. A better example, make a bunch of money in poker and then go to roulette. If you're actually trying to make profit, right? You're going to go from a, an, a less stable, crazier environment to a more stable environment if you're an intelligent investor so yeah. I, I have friends i have friends yeah. that take all coins and use those to to gain more bitcoin so exactly they'll, my yeah, point. they'll buy they'll buy all coins and then when the altcoin is outperforming the bitcoin at that time you gain bitcoin so you're gaining bitcoin against the altcoin oh, that you have that. so exactly. so they're you know back in the day it's not probably is topical now. I don't really know where they stand in the market, but we used to use NEO uh, uh, back in the day. Have, I used to trade NEO as yeah, well. Yeah, we were trading NEO. And I mean, at one point, I think we were buying at 18 and went to like 120 and it was like, it started to blow up. I don't, I think it's starting to go back up again, actually. But the cool thing actually, I don't, you probably could speak to this. The cool thing about NEO is it actually paid dividends in a different uh, altcoin. I don't know, are there other, are there other cryptos that pay dividends? Yeah, Ripple actually had like a technology that came out. I missed it because I wasn't even pay I was paying attention to Bitcoin Ethereum, but uh Ripple had a a token 
called Flair that was a reward. And that's one of the reasons why the SEC stepped in on Ripple is because of the Flair token. Because they were saying, well, if it's if it's a utility and not a security, then why are you giving this incentive, right? Like, why are people getting this incentive coin? That was one of the touches of the lawsuit. We'll see how it works. But um, there are other coins that have kind of forked or given a reward or given a, you know, a, a dividend in a, in a form of another coin. Um, yes, for sure. I've also heard of like my, my other crypto buddy was telling me that there's like actual browsers uh, that you can use that pay in crypto to like watch advertisements or something like it, like it will pay you rewards in crypto to, to use this browser that sends you certain advertisements or marketing yeah, materials I've, to watch. I've heard that. I don't know the specifics, but I brave. A, I think it's called brave is what a brave. There, there were some people that I knew that, you know, they didn't even, they didn't really have a lot of money. I forget where I was in a different country somewhere and, they were this kid on my team was actually doing that. Like this is what he was doing. Like on the side, he was just getting free crypto for watching ads somewhere. I mean, guys, the, the technology around this crypto space is so crazy. Like there, my friend just showed me the other day that they, somebody, there's a company They're actually, this company is going to change the entire game, but you can't get the coin in Oh, what's the name of the coin? Oh my God. Yeah, I forget the name of the coin, but you can't even get it in the US. So we're not, the US market hasn't gone crazy over it yet, but they partnered with the NBA to create moments. So instead of collecting cards, right? A basketball card, a Jordan rookie card, this, you're, you're collecting a video moment, like almost like a 15 second Instagram video, right? But it's a moment of, you know, highlights like Jordan, uh, hitting, you know, dunking from the free throw line, for example, maybe there's only 200 of those and people are getting those moments. You have to buy the packs. Like you would buy a pack of baseball cards, a pack of Pokemon cards. There's a limited rare amount available. And you like, if you get this moment, it's worth money. So there's a moment, I forget what moment it is, but there's a moment right now that's trading. So imagine some kid spends 10 bucks to buy this pack, gets this card in this moment, is worth 120,000, but everything's backed by blockchain. So you can't like hack the cards, steal the cards. Like it's all secure through those contracts. Um, dude, people are innovating. So I've got it on my phone. And if I lose my phone, I'm done. Yes. Well, you, that depends. No. I mean, you could bet no. it to the, the thing about crypto that it's gotten way better. Cause I just remember when I got into it, I was just as confused as you guys were. But now with wallets, things are, are so much easier now than they were when I initially was in the crypto wallets are there's, there's a bunch of different ways you can have a offline wallet. You can have a hot wallet that's online, like an E-Trade. So everything's virtual, everything. In, so, so it's virtual baseball cards. Everything's virtual. Yes, it's all blockchain. It's, it's, it's essentially the way I best describe it. I was saying this to you earlier is that it's, it's essentially like you're looking at the stock market like you looked at the internet when it first came out, but it's crypto. So it's like crypto is, you know, instead of a newspaper, say the stock market's the newspaper, crypto is the internet when the internet came out. So the NBA teams up with this crypto company and they're selling their moments. They have the rights to those moments. Yes. And they, they partnered with, um, I'm trying to remember, my buddy just showed me this the other day. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's crazy. This company partnered with... Um, 
They're partnering with the UFC to create UFC moments. I see. I read that. They're partnered with the NFLPA. They're partnered with, is it, it's not, it's not Disney, but it's like a kid. But, but Kobe to to say to you, it's essentially like, it's no different than anything else. Me and John collect pinball machines. There's limited edition games, right? They're the same as the non-limited edition games, except the artwork might be different, right? But they sell for ten times more money because they're they're right. they're. But this is all in virtual space. This is a manufactured. But what is, but what I'm saying is it's it's a manufactured, uh, you know, limited amount of things. Yeah, so but you can see it, touch it, smell it, taste it. The pinball machine. This is here's where Kobe has a hard nowhere. time. Yeah, here's Kobe, where, Kobe no, doesn't get because it's digital. It's tangible, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where we let's let's get that hurdle. Are we to? Well, you're not. Is this a young man's game? Is this no, not at all? I think it comes and down to understanding. You've got to get the understanding. It's just, yeah, it's information. I mean, it's you know, it, Kobe. It's like anything in the world, man. You know, it, what it, certain things I guess would be more appealing towards a certain demographic, like you know, uh, Harley Davidsons are have their niche target, right? The Disney has their niche target. Everything, every coin almost has a niche target, or every technology has its target, but crypto is like, it's like a hobby meets a financial system meets a true collectible with value. So there is nothing we can compare to gold. We could compare to, you know, whatever, but it's, (laughs) it's really nothing to compare it to in reality. So let me, okay. I have a, Derek Jeter game worn jersey signed by Derek Jeter. It's fifteen hundred dollars. How does it compare to the virtual world? I have it. It's in a frame. It, it yeah, doesn't. I, I it wouldn't. Doesn't. Really, I wouldn't compare those things. I don't really think that's a good understanding of like where well, crypto would there's be. One, there's one comparison, and I would just tell you the the one compare. And it's funny you just said that, Kobe, because I used that example the other day. Um, when I'm home and I'm in my office, I have um, I have uh, LeBron Cleveland jersey signed. I have a Kobe jersey when he retired. It says Mamba out. I have my Derek Jeter jersey. I have Judge. I have um, Michael Jordan. I collect jerseys, right? They're important to me. That's a physical thing. That will never die. But anything that is worth collecting, um, it's based off of a limited supply. Look at Jordan sneakers, right? Jordan sneakers are like literally everything in the streetwear young community because certain shoes, they produce hundreds of thousands and they cost 150 bucks. But certain shoes, like I have a pair here, they're um, like this pair had a limited supply, right? So they're Jordan fives, whatever. They did a, um, a collaboration with Off-White. These shoes are, you know, pretty, pretty limited. And the price was a few thousand for those shoes. Now they're doing a re-release. I just saw it this morning. Guess what? The cost of those shoes are going to go down. So you can compare it, your, your Jeter game-worn jersey, because there's a limited supply. And then based on the demand for that jersey, that's what's going to drive the price. Yeah, it's, it's all going to just come down to like anything. It's like how many people care about it if they if there's a million people that care about a digital thing then and there's only this amount of them then the price will go up if no one gives a shit then the price will stay low but but the reason you asked about a young man's game of crypto the reason why i think 
the young people are into crypto is because other than the last year, which I don't know how much, Jason, you follow the stock market, but the stock market's been acting like crypto, which isn't isn't normally the case. Usually the stock is a slow grind. The crypto game is huge swings up and down, huge swings. So the young people, there's a lot of excitement. It's almost like gambling. There's a lot of excitement because you could put a thousand bucks in and have twenty five thousand. You could people like that huge excitement that you could put in a couple grand and make big money. Whereas generally throughout time, the stock market's been like a slow game. You know, you put you put your ten grand in, and hopefully when you retire, you got one hundred and fifty grand, whatever it is. That's because that's what we were taught. Exactly. So whereas crypto is like playing a slot machine, it's like, and I'm not saying that's the purpose of it, but it acts. The market is so volatile that like. Every day you're seeing twenty percent ups and downs, thirty percent ups and downs. People like that rush, and it's that no- will change. By the way, and the more people that get in, it'll change. I think, but I'm, I'm more of a technical trader. Okay, so what I like, you know, you follow charts. The- yeah, I mean, I I chart, I yeah. chart, I do research, but I chart, and I'll tell you guys, the charts tell the entire story. Everything, understand. Everything that happens, all the movement, all the price action that you see right now, the volatility to the average person, yes, it's volatile. It, it moves. Bitcoin can move three to $500 an hour on average. It moves 2000 a day on a slow day. It moves a lot. But there's one important thing that's taking place right now, and we can kind of wrap up part one of this. I, I, if you guys would have me back, I'd love it. You know, we could continue this conversation absolutely but we could wrap up on on this one specific thing okay right now we're entering the first phase of corporate america of institutional america of elite america walking into the room with average joe america to discuss crypto if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they're hedging. I think I think corporate America is hedging their bet, saying like, hey, we don't know shit about this space, but we want to be in it if it grows. And now you're seeing Teslas and, you know, the Merrill Lynch's of the world getting into crypto because they're like, if this shit does take off, we don't want to be we don't want to miss out on it. I think well, here, that's- here's the fact here. Here's here's the facts. You're right. Here's the facts, though. Everything that happens takes a pioneer. Right. Look at look at how America was created. Right. You have pioneer like everything in life takes a pioneer. You have Henry Ford, pioneer, the guy, uh, you know, the guys who created a plane, pioneers. Right. Everything in life that we have, whether it's the light bulb, every invention, the Internet, computers, everything has a pioneer who steps up and says, this is the direction we're going. What crypto didn't really have going into 2020 was a leader, a face, or leaders. What we've seen, and they did, but small scale. What we're seeing now, this is this is just straight facts. We're seeing Elon Musk, and I'm gonna use two examples, so just stick with me for a second. So you have Elon, right? Elon is testing his social influence with Doge, okay? Dogecoin has zero use. There's like 10,000 new Doge mined every second or something ridiculous, right? There's new Doge entering the market. As we've been on this call, there's new Doge entering the market like every time we breathe. So Doge, unless they change the technology, which, you know, Elon seems hooked on this. Maybe he sees it as an opportunity. Um, 
Doge doesn't have a use. use I think he's trolling personally. (laughs) I I really do. He could be pumping his own agenda, but I don't, I also don't think I give Elon the credit that I do think that maybe out of all the people that are influential in the world that we can't trust. I think that Elon may be the, one of the guys we can trust personally. We're not going to get into politics, but Elon seems like it seems like he's on the good side. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I think if he wanted to pump it and dump it, he would have done that. I bought 350,000 Doge for 250 bucks in 2016. I cashed out. I got out. I sold it all, put it in Ripple, caught that move, and I'm done with Doge. I don't care where it goes, but right now the technology doesn't suffice something that's going to go to a dollar. People say, let's go to a dollar. <laughs> it's not backed by anything. Yep. For, for Doge to go to a dollar, there needs to be like, my friend broke it down. There needs to be millions of dollars entering the market every single day. It's not going to happen. So let's go to what is actually happening. Um, so Elon's involved. He's talking. That's cute. That's one small rift. Though Elon put 1.5 billion in and Tesla made more money that off of Bitcoin than they did 14 years selling cars. So if that's not a wake up call to some of the people who are being stubborn and old school, that's why we're here over 50. I believe that's why we're over 50 right now. Now, second thing, Michael Saylor. Okay. So I'm going to just quickly read you Michael Saylor's. Yeah, I've been uh, following him. Guys are savage, right? So Michael Saylor is an American entrepreneur and business executive who co-founded and leaves MicroStrategy, a company which provides business intelligent mobile software, cloud-based services. Okay. So Michael Saylor, net worth 500 million. Okay. Roughly, maybe more, honestly, because who knows what he's worth in crypto. Um, he is putting together these conferences where He's really the guy. Like people are talking about Elon, but in my eyes, Michael Saylor's really the guy who is stepping in and leading the way. And what he's doing is he's holding these conferences where he's bringing the big CEOs, CFOs, and decision makers of major companies into the same room as the blockchain guys, the gurus, the the geniuses who are creating this stuff that's way above my pay grade and yours put together, right? These macro mom's basement hacker guys. He's putting them in the same room and saying, this is why your reserves need to go into crypto. This is why your company should put crypto on the books. And I'll give you a great example. Yesterday, I met a guy. He's done nine figures in real estate in South Florida. His family is one of a few families that got into this specific area, got a ton of land. He owns a really, what I would view as a successful company. They paved like every road in Florida, right? They kill it. And he told me yesterday, he goes, dude, I made almost all my money off real estate. That's what, (laughs) that's where we're headed with crypto is like, you know, these companies that may be sitting on, you know, hundreds of millions or billions in reserves and they're just sitting there. I think what Sailor's doing is saying, look, this is why you need to be in the crypto space. And I mentioned Raisin Space before that company. Um, Zach Katz, Scooter Braun, they're some of the biggest names in the music industry. A few years ago, they partnered with Ripple and created Raisin Space, which is just one example of innovation. And they invest and acquire companies that have technology for music. So they're putting crypto and music together. And I think in the next 10 years, they're going to be a major company. Scooter Braun, 
Justin Bieber's manager, Ariana Grande, Zach Katz, one of the biggest names in music. These are big record label people. And then Brad Garlinghouse, who is the founder of Ripple. They're all working together to fund projects. So Ripple is acquiring all these things that eventually maybe music, the way we see it is obsolete. Okay, maybe so blockchain. Well, what I, so correct me if I'm, this is like buying beachfront property in Avalon, New Jersey in 1903. Yep. When it was swamp. This is like, say, this is like saying like, what so you're spot, speculating. What, you're speculating. Of course you're okay. speculating. Some of it isn't speculation. That's what we were saying. There's, there's a few cryptos to, in my eyes that are, are proven commodities. And then there's a shit ton of, essentially but pennies to get ri- but to get rich you're gonna buy the you want to buy the penny stocks at this in my opinion i know the hardcore crypto guys will say you know buying buying bitcoin is like buying a solid you're buying, beachfront quality, property. You're buying a blue chip stock yep, yep all right so this is going to be part one and jason we are absolutely 100 percent going to take you up on continuing with your team you know because this has been has it helped you a little bit oh yeah now i get it it's beachfront property in 1900 okay so that was that's <laughs> simple Fuck. that's simple. that's all hey, you fucking Obi, had to it's, say it's the desert version of dubai it's yeah. dubai without the buildings. that's it so yeah, we're okay, going i got it we're going to call this episode nine number part one of crypto and you know we'll talk over the next couple weeks because you guys you know you're all over the place just oh, talking dude, to I crowds. Love this so I'm here. I, I, we could even start a whole crypto podcast. I love this. <laughs> this is awesome. This is all right. So before we let you jump off because I know you've got stuff to do right now. Your top favorite five. Your five favorite top cryptos. Oh well, this is not financial advice. This is not financial. <laughs> like and for our listeners, these are just your favorite cryptos. Yeah. No. Um. Bitcoin number one. Um. Personally, you know, Bitcoin to me, if I were you, this isn't financial advice, but if I were you, I would make, I would put a majority of energy into Bitcoin. And if you are going to start getting into these coins, Bitcoin right now um, should be not the only priority, but what the top priority. So Bitcoin, number one, Ethereum, two. Um, see, I'm conflicted because... I love Cardano, but Cardano is very hard to get. It's hard to store. It's Cardano needs some work. So I'd say number three is Stellar XLM. Um, and Stellar is backed by IBM. And two countries, um, Serbia and Ukraine, have already um, chosen the Stellar blockchain to make their national cryptocurrency. And so I hold uh, a lot of Stellar. Stellar is major. I, me, Stellar's number three, Ripple's number four, and then um, I think probably number five right now, uh, it would have to be Cardano tied with Litecoin. Like Cardano and Litecoin are like five and six for me. Yeah, my, my buddy's heavy into into Litecoin, like big, like he'll buy hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of it in and out of it all the time. I mean, I guess that's big. Litecoin's big, and it's kind of like I compared. uh, I did something on my Instagram a couple, couple, two, three months ago, and I compared like each crypto to an NFL quarterback. And I just was basically saying, I think I said Litecoin was like Matthew Stafford. You know, like it just it gets the job done, but it's kind of like it's kind of like plain yogurt. You know, it it just it, it serves its purpose. It's valuable, but I think right now it's not the sexiest. So, um, but PayPal, it's an online, it's used, it's, they want to use it for 
like a bank's online uh, Litecoin. They want to use like a bank's. Yeah, online. real quick before we go, like I mean, even companies like PayPal now are offering crypto. But the the bad thing, in my opinion, is PayPal. I bought crypto on there, not knowing this. Oh you yeah, dude. What you're about to say is what I was just gonna. You say. can't. You can't move it. You're just like you're kind of just buying a position. You, you don't really actually even own. You're like buying their their position that you you're bought buying at. a parking spot. Yeah. So you don't even it, own it. You can't move it. Thank so you for bringing up for that them. up. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because yeah. this is the biggest thing. I mean, we've attracted a lot of customers to Robinhood too, right? Robinhood, you can't I, move it too. I was gonna say, yeah. nobody knew when the whole GME GameStop thing went down. Nobody knew. I didn't think about this because I actually got excited. I went on PayPal.com and I'm looking for send because I do a lot of Bitcoin transactions with my international people. I pay and all that stuff and that. And you can only buy and sell. You can't send. So I'm like, it's a parking spot. You think you're buying the car, AKA the coin, but you're not, you're buying the parking spot. Yeah, they're just so hedging your position with their own position. So they're, 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 they're making they're money either it. way. Yeah, <laughs> they buy it. And guess what? If you sell your position, they're keeping the coin because yeah. they made the profit. They're yeah. genius. Robinhood and PayPal, if you have a long-term, uh, if you have a long-term vision with crypto, do not buy on Robinhood and no, PayPal. Coinbase or so, yeah, Kraken so, or one of these. Well, yeah. who's your, Coinbase Pro is better. So you're, so if we're talking about platforms to buy, trade, sell, who do you like? Coinbase Pro. Uh, I do, we can go deeper on the next one, but yep. um, I store on Ledger, okay? So you can go to shop.ledger.com. Do not buy the Ledger, get the Ledger Nano X. Um, and I wouldn't buy it on Amazon or anything. Get it directly from the manufacturer. It's a cold storage wallet. If you have more than $2,000 in crypto, you should be storing it. And, you know, if you're confused, whatever, there's tons of tutorials on YouTube, how to set it up. Super easy. It's the most secure way to store your crypto. That's number one. But I buy everything on Coinbase Pro. And then if I need to, there's a great wallet called Exodus. It's an exchange. It's, uh, you can download it on desktop right on your computer exodus so the exodus exchange rock solid super easy very friendly um, real, real quick because we're not going to keep you on we're going to let you go but what do you do about like some of the the altcoins and stuff like I, I have to buy a lot i used to have binance but now you know binance we can't use in the u.s i've moved to kraken i mean i, I don't what other better options are there yeah, I, I don't know kraken Ex, exodus is exodus i have found to be the best you can still trade ripple there but i'm going to be honest with you um, I trade seven coins. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I don't do the altcoin. I don't do all the DeFi coins. I mean, I don't, because to me, if I can't, if I can't keep it on the ledger, I'm not really that interested. Yeah. And you sound like, you sound like my partner. He's, if it's not on Coinbase pro, he, he, he doesn't do yeah, it. <laughs> I just, I don't, to be honest. Yeah. If it's not on Coinbase pro yeah. and it's not, and I can't store it in my ledger, I'm, I, I got rid of it. So I got rid of all my Cardano. I got in Cardano at like three cents. I got, a, I mean, I got, I got to have everything to go into Bitcoin because I'm 72% Bitcoin, 23% Ethereum. And the rest is trickled out to the other coins, stellar ripple. But to me, would I want gold, silver, or plastic? Right? That's yeah. the way I look. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Jason, man, we appreciate it. This is what we're going to call unpacking. Like, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. We're going to call this unpacking crypto episode one. 
Uh, and for everybody who's listen, listening, you know, head over to the gram. Uh, no, don't follow Jason Brown. We want him to ourselves. No, no, Fuck no. Follow Jason Brown because this is <laughs> this is some serious. This is deep, right? Like how many podcasts we've done? Nine podcasts, and you and I have said not a word. Like mm-hmm. literally, not a word. I like and, the podcast where I am. Other than our guest, the smartest, is the smartest guy in the person room. in the room. Yep, yep. You know, and even a blind you know squirrel finds you're a nut. In the wrong room. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's awesome. But yeah, so I encourage everybody go follow uh, Jason uh, on on the gram. You're Jay Brown on the gram, right? Jay Letter Brown J, on the gram. Jay Brown, six letters. Yep. If, if people want to, they listen to our cast and they want to, you know, check out one of your speaking engagements. Where? How do they do that? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere i think the best thing to do would probably to you say we've got people on that listen to our podcast when you say you're everywhere they're gonna go look in their bathrooms i'm just saying people we deal with bro (laughs) to be honest the best place and i'll be real i mean you know i can connect you guys as well the best place is on the platform that i work with um because i educate two days a week and the other guy we're all on the platform and so it's like netflix but for crypto education. So we have an algorithm that does Bitcoin and Ethereum trades. And we have seven guys that are, you know, six days a week, 20 hours a week, roughly talking crypto. So, you know, if somebody really wanted to dive deeper, or if you guys want to dive deeper, like I have a whole course on there. I have 20 something hours of recorded material where I go really deep into everything. So, you know, we'll continue on the podcast. You know, my, my intention is, Hey, if you want to dive deeper, dive deeper, but I love giving value. I don't, you know, I don't need money from it, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm down to come back and we can talk crypto whenever you guys want, but if you want to dive deeper and this is something you're really interested in, just shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know you're on the podcast and, uh, you know, we'll connect. Hey, dude, out. we're diving deeper. I'm busting out my bright yellow exactly. speedo. We're going deep, bro. Shit, I'm good going. Hit, I'm gonna go hit Mac on the way home. <laughs> the Mac <laughs> machine. Shut the fuck. Get fired up. <laughs> Kobe, Jason. Kobe, it's time to get rid of the beeper, baby. Pager's going away. Get rid of that page. Jason Brown, my man. Thank you for joining us for Big Jay, Boy thank Voices. Thank you. Unpacking crypto episode one. I'm so, I'm like a proud dad watching him. You know, <laughs> look at look at you go. Look at you. You go muzzle top muzzle top kobe episode nine first episode unpacking crypto ladies and gentlemen jason brown bro we appreciate you we will talk at you soon listeners you will listen soon and we'll unpack more of the this crypto world cheers bro cheers thanks jay got you guys Visit the website at bigboyvoices.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Big Boy Voices Podcast.